0: Well, good morning. Let me welcome you to Crossroads. We are excited that you're here. And let me also say this, a disclaimer. Hey, let me welcome those people from Facebook. We welcome you too. Excited to have you online with us. And hey, by the way, if you're watching on Facebook, take a moment and share this from our Facebook to your page so that more people get to see it. Lots of people still traveling in that fall mode, but we're glad you're joining us. Let me also say this. You didn't get a worship guide today. It's on me. I forgot to give it to them. So anyway, that's why it didn't get printed. You got the little card instead. So again, provide us your personal information. If you have a prayer request, write that down there. We have a team that loves to pray with you and for you, uh, and we want to make sure and get your information. So do that if you will. My bad. I messed it up. So again, uh, that's just the way it is. It just happened that way. Hey, one thing I want to remind you, next week, next Sunday, the 30th, 4.30 to 6 p.m. right here. We're kind of doing a fall thing. We're kind of piggybacking off of the square. They're doing a thing called Halloween on the Square, uh, and uh, we're just asking you, after you're done on the Square, support the city of Lebanon, do what they're doing. Uh, it's 2 to 4.30, I think, on the Square. All the merchants are going to have lots of candy, lots of inflatables, you know, food trucks, that kind of stuff. Go there, support the city, and then when you're done, come over here from 4.30 to 6. Uh, bring your best chili, uh, your fritos, your crackers. We'll provide hot dogs, hamburgers cokes uh condiments all that kind of thing but again just let's just have a little a little time of fellowship again it, it's from four thirty to 6 uh right here and we'll probably do it in the middle space uh in that luxurious place that we call the middle space so we would encourage you to be here that's next sunday you'll see a lot about it on social media this week but nevertheless hey today we're starting a brand new series called becoming and and I'm excited about this because it actually comes out of one of my favorite books of the Bible that's found in the New Testament. It's called the book of James. And I would totally tell you that that's one of my favorite books. And one of the reasons why, I'm honest with you, it's my favorite, one of my favorite books is because it's short. I mean, it's, it's only five chapters, okay? It's just five chapters, and it's short, and, 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 and again, you're going to understand why I really like it in just a moment, but again, this series is from the book of James. Now, here's something that you may not know. Uh, it's important, and the thing that you need to understand is that the author of the book of James is the brother of Jesus. It's the younger brother of Jesus. So he would have been the firstborn of Mary and Joseph after Jesus. So that means that he's the little brother of Jesus. Now think about that. I mean, they probably had bunk beds together, you know, Jesus and James together in bunk beds. I mean, you know, I mean, we've got a bunk room at our house. We have bunk beds for the grandkids. They probably played in the yard they probably played a little soccer or whatever they did back then. You know, again, they, they, they probably argued like brothers argue because, again, I've got a brother. You know, I'm uh, 37. He's 34. So we still argue. Somebody get them some water. Okay. So anyway, but, but again, I mean, we still argue. But the thing about it is you have to understand Jesus was always right. Right? Because he's Jesus. I mean, can you imagine being the little brother of Jesus and always being compared by Mary to Jesus? Jimmy, why can't you be like Jesus? (laughs) Jimmy, why can't you be like your, your brother? And I think about it, and to me, that's probably a lot for him to get over. Because what we learn is this, that James wasn't even a follower of Jesus when Jesus was out preaching and teaching and healing and doing miracles. I mean he didn't even buy in to all that Jesus was doing. None of that stuff got the attention of James until James encountered the resurrected Jesus. Until he encountered Jesus after the resurrection because you see James was there to see him die. And James could say I saw him die. And now he's alive. And that's when James became a follower of Jesus. Now, here's something else you may not know. James was the first pastor of the first church in Jerusalem. I mean, think about that. I mean, this guy's got a resume. I mean, this is probably the reason why I actually like the book of James, because it's written from the perspective of a pastor. I mean, it's, it's a book. The book of James is full of instruction. It's full of encouragement. It's full of just practical things. Like James saying, you know what? I know, I know, I know life's going to get tough. You're going to have some tough stuff to happen to you. But listen, when the stuff that's tough happens, just lean into God. Just hold on to God. Because if you'll lean into God and hold on to God, you're going to come through those tough things a lot stronger. See, James talks about what you do when you fall down. From a pastor's perspective, again, he talks about what you do when you fall down. He says, don't stay down. You get back up and you keep going with God. Go after God. He talks like a pastor because that's what your pastor would want you to do. When you fall down, get back up. That's what I would tell you. So we want to start by digging into this today at the very beginning. Because at the very beginning of this book, there's something that totally caught my attention. And here's what it is. Look at James 1 verse 1. Here's what James says. He said, James, I am James, I am Jimmy, a slave of God and of the Lord Jesus. Now think about that. James says he's a slave. He doesn't play the brother card. He could have said, hey, James here, brother of Jesus. A lot of people do that. You know, our family is really bad about that. You know, we're Randy's family. No, they don't do that. I'm just kidding that. I'm just kidding. They play the family. Now, I'll tell you, they did play the card when I owned a chain of convenience stores, and they went in, and they got all the gums and the Gatorade and all the stuff they wanted, and they said, hey, just tell Randy we got this, okay? So again, they played the Randy card. James doesn't play the the brother card. He also doesn't play the first pastor card. And see, he could have done both of those because here's the thing. He was both of those things. But his identity wasn't in those things. His identity was anchored, oh, come on now, in what Jesus had done for him. And the reason I want you to see this and the reason I didn't want to jump over this is because, listen to me, Crossroads, listen to me. If you anchor your identity in you, then your identity is only good as you. And some days, if you're like me, that ain't very good. You know what I'm saying? But when you anchor your identity into Jesus and who you are in Him, and whose you are, and what He's done for you, when you anchor your identity into the fact that you are a child of the King of Kings, that you are chosen and adopted and anointed and filled with His presence, then no matter what comes your way, that's your identity. I'm a child of the king, the Lord of lords, the king of kings, and nothing's going to shake me because that's my identity. So as we dive into this book, we're going to skip over a little at the first. You know, James 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, where it says, Consider it pure joy, people, you know, la, 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 la. I did a message on that several months ago, so I'm not going to go back there again. We're going to go down to verse 19. And I have to say that I believe that this is God's word for you today, for us, for Crossroads today. Read it with me, James 1, verse 19. You must all be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. Human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. So get rid of all the filth and evil in your lives and humbly accept the word God has planted in your hearts. For it has the power to save your souls. But don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says, otherwise you're only fooling yourself. You know what James is saying, basically saying? If you come here every Sunday and you just sit here and listen to God's word and you don't do it, then you're fooling yourself. If you hear the word of God preached over you and talked to you and you don't do the word of God, then you're fooling yourself. Let me show you a picture of a guy. Let me show you this picture right here. This, this is a guy by the name of Eric Weinemeyer. And this is a guy, His look at him up there. You can see And again, I'm going to come back to that. We're going to leave it up there a minute. He's a guy who's done everything, skydiving, kayaking, all these extreme sports. But probably the thing that he's known for above all else is he's a mountain climber. He is the youngest person to have climbed all seven summits on all seven continents. And the fact that he's done that makes him one of the most amazing athletes in all the world. But there's something that makes him remarkable. And the thing that makes him remarkable is that he scaled all seven peaks on all seven continents without his sight because he's blind. You can probably see that. He's totally blind. And you wonder, it makes you wonder, how could somebody that's blind do that? And I'll tell you how I think that happened. Because I believe that if Eric was here this morning, he would tell you that he became very good at listening. Because you see, there's a climber that would be in front of Eric every time he scaled one of those summits. And on the backpack of the climber in front of Eric, there was a bell. And Eric would listen for that bell. And he would follow that bell. Whichever way the bell went, he knew that that was the way to go. He would listen for the bell and and he would listen for the voices of the people that were with him. He would listen to the sound that his pick made when he drove it into the ice and he would know whether that was safe or a good way to go or not. See, Eric would tell us this morning, listen, Eric would tell us this morning that for him, listening was a matter of life and death. And I think that's what James is telling us this morning. Listening so that we can hear the voice of God. Listening so that we can follow the path that God has marked out for us. Listening so that we can make it to the mountaintop. So that we can go in the direction and experience all the the things that God wants us to experience. And to be able to do that, We've got to listen. And in this passage, James tells us how we can make it. James tells us how we can make it to the top. James is telling you how you can scale any mountain, it doesn't matter how big it is, any mountain that's in front of you, by just simply following the instructions that he gives us in this passage. Because I'm going to tell you this morning, I believe when I read this passage, there are three very simple instructions that James gives us. Here's the first one. The first thing that James says we got to do is we got to hear. You've got to hear God's Word. You've got to hear. You've got to be quick to listen and slow to speak. See, I think we forget that. We forget that God has given us what? Two ears, one mouth. Because he wants us to listen more and talk less. He actually expects us to listen more than we talk. Have you you ever been around people who you know weren't listening to you? I mean, you just know they're not listening to you because the moment you stop, they jump right in on you. I just have to wonder, is that the way God sees me sometimes? I wonder how many times God has tried talking to me. He's been trying to talk to you, to us. But we care more about what we have to say to him than what he has to say to us. And see, here's the thing I think we need to remember. When James was writing this, James wasn't necessarily talking about you and I talking to other people. James was talking about your willingness and my willingness to listen to God. Because in the context of this verse, he talks about the Word. The Word planted in you. What did he say? That Word that can save your soul. And that's just a reminder that we need, to, we need to be more interested in what God has to say to us than what we have to say to God. And you say, well, Randy, how, how do you know? I, know? I know I'm right about this. Because Barna did a survey. And 85% of the Christians that they surveyed, you know what they said? They said that they pray. But only 37% of those same Christians said that they open up their Bible and listen to what God has already said. And here's the thing, because this word is alive and active, I believe this is what God is wanting to say to us today. Because here's the thing, in the Bible are the words, listen, are the words of life given by the creator of life. And those words are spoken over over us. Look at Romans 10, verse 17. Here's what it says. Romans 10, verse 17 says, Faith comes by what? By hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Every time you open up your Bible, every time you open up, you're going to think in a Baptist church today, every time you open up your Bible, you know what happens? Faith gets stirred up in you. Every time you come to church on Sunday morning, faith is stirring up in you. Every time you sing the songs like we just did, every time the Word is being preached over you, faith is being stirred up in you. Every time you open up the Word and the Word gets in you, it strengthens you into who you were created to be. So according to James, we need to hear the word. But James doesn't stop there. Here's what else he says. He says, we need to hear the word, but we also need to look at the screen behind me. We need to accept the word. We need to accept God's word. Look look at verse 21. Here's what it says. Get rid of, of all the filth and evil in your lives and humbly accept the word that God has planted in your hearts For it has the power to save your soul. Let me tell you what I heard somebody say. This book will keep you from sin, but sin will keep you from this book. Come on now. This book will keep you from sin, but living a life of sin is going to keep you away from this book. This book will keep you away from all the things in life that can cause you danger. But when you get away from this book, sin will suck you dry. When you live in the world, sin will suck you away from this book. So what do you have to do? You have to get those things out of your life so that you can hear the Word of God, so that you can accept it. In the original language, filth that we saw in that verse just a moment ago means dirt or build-up, grime buildup. Get rid of the dirt, get rid of the grime in your life that happens over time. You know, you know what somebody told me? It really means like spiritual earwax. Because again, remember, this scripture is in the context of listening. I, I'm going to tell you, I'm a big fan of Dr. Pimple Popper. Anybody, anybody in there with me? <laughs> I'm also a big fan of seeing those videos on Facebook where they clean people's ears out. And I'm like, my gosh, I saw some of them last night. You know, how your phone kind of listens to you. And I mean, I'm getting these because I'm working on my message. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Dude had a truckload of dirt in there. I mean, I can't believe it. A little research will tell you that wax buildup is the most common reason for hearing loss in people. And James would say that spiritual earwax builds up in your ears from sin, from disobedience from ignoring God. And it's actually the reason most of us can't hear God. Because we've gotten farther and farther and farther away from that little bell. We've allowed the choices that we've made to keep us from hearing and knowing And following the voice of God. Look at at what Jesus said in John chapter 8. He said, whoever is of God hears the words of God. The reason why you don't hear them is that you're not of God. Meaning that you have allowed sin and the ways of the world to be the normal way that you do your life. So when sin and the ways of the world are the norm for your life, you don't hear. You're hearing the world. And let me tell you, if you're hearing the world, you can't hear the truth. And if you can't hear the truth, then the truth can't set you free. And you'll wake up one day and you'll wonder, how the heck did I find myself here? Because that's where the world is going to take you. And James is using this analogy of planting. The Word planted in you. And all throughout Scripture, we see this idea of sowing and reaping. Remember, Thoughts, Threads, and Trends, our last series? I just got another idea. You know what I'm saying? Sowing and reaping. When you, What you sow, you will reap. You can't sow one thing and expect to reap another. You can't sow onions and expect to reap apples. You can't sow radishes and expect to reap strawberries. You can't sow, listen to me, I want you to hear this, you can't sow ungodliness and expect to reap the blessings of God in your life. So James says that the Word can remain planted in your life. So that the Word can remain planted in your life, that there are some things in your life that you are going to have to willfully removed from your life, you need to go down to ghetto Walmart and get you some spiritual Q-tips and clean out the earwax so that you can hear what God has for you to say. Now, let me just tell you why I said what I just said. Because I think the the Walmart in Mount Juliet is like Dillard's of Walmarts. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, I I think this one's kind of like ghetto. I mean, I'm not saying anything bad against those people. But I like going to Mount Juliet because it's so much nicer. So, anyway, let, let me qualify that. So, I'm not hating on anybody that works there. I'm just telling you. And then he says that when you hear it, here's what James says. When you hear the word... You have to accept it. And when he means accept it, let me tell you what he says. When he says accept it, you know what he means? He means that this has to become the spiritual authority in your life. This becomes the way that you live your life. You accept the fact that there are things in this world that God knows about that you don't know about. There are things that God sees that you can't see you accept that he's the creator of life and he knows how to get the best out of life that he has for you it's like Eric that we talked about just a moment ago he accepted the fact that those people who were climbing with him, that they could see things that he couldn't see. They knew things that he didn't know. Because they had an advantage that he didn't have. I'm about to lose it here. He listened for the bell. He listened for the instructions, and I believe with all my heart that this weekend, the reason we're looking at this is simply because God is calling out to some of you in this room online. I believe with my heart, my whole heart, that God right now is calling out to some of you saying, don't do that. Don't step there. Don't go there. Don't do that. Don't put your foot there. Because what he's telling you to do is you, you've got to build your foundation on the Word of God. You've got to build your foundation on the truth of God so that you can stand firm no matter what happens to you. Look at Psalm 119, verse 105. Here's what it says. Your Word Is a lamp for my feet and a light for my path. This word right here will light you up when you can't see. This word will light up the path when you can't see. But you know what the problem is? It's like a flashlight. And many of you haven't changed the batteries in your flashlight. Many of you don't even know where the flashlight is. And let me just tell you this. When the lights go out in your life, that's not the time to not know where the flashlight is. You want to have this thing, the Bible. You want to know where it's at. You want to treasure this thing as your most precious possession. But see, here's the problem. I think many of us think that we know better than God. You don't say that, and I don't say that, but you know what? Your actions and my actions show that. Because if we look back at our life, mine right here, we can look back and see some paths that we took And that we regret taking those paths. But when we build our world and our life on the Word, it helps us stand strong no matter what life throws at us. Look look at Isaiah 40, verse 8. Here's what it says. The grass withers and the flowers fall, but the Word of God stands forever. The things of this world, listen to me this morning, the things of this world are always changing. Look at where you are right now and look at your life five years from now. It'll be totally different. But if you build your life on the Word of God, it will challenge you, it will correct you, but it will never condemn you. It will never let you down. So, what do we do? We accept, we hear his word and we accept his word. But the last thing is probably the crux or the most important thing that I think James is trying to say to us. Look at the screen. Do. You've got to do the word. You can't just accept what's in here, you've actually got to do what it says. Verse 22, James 1, verse 22, here's what it says. But don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you're only fooling yourself. I mean, you hear a message about prayer. You read scripture that talks about praying. You know what you probably need to do? You probably need to pray. You hear a message about, you know, giving and generosity and tithing. Then Go. Go and trust God in that area. Go and be generous. When the Holy Spirit brings a message to you about forgiveness, then maybe the Holy Spirit is trying to communicate to you that you need to go and forgive somebody. Now, here's the thing I want you to understand. Guess what? All of those things are for your benefit. Walk in the benefit that God has for you. Do the word. Now, here's the beautiful thing about the word. It's alive and active like a two-edged sword. The beauty of the word of God is that the words of God have complexity. And really, when James talks about the word do, you know what he's actually saying? That word could be translated become. Become. Become what this says. Because understand, our relationship with Jesus, our walk with Jesus, is not about a bunch of rules. It's not about a bunch of regulations. Our walk with Jesus is about you and I becoming like Jesus, it's about His truth and His nature taking root down deep inside of us and becoming a follower, a follower of Jesus. And I can tell you, listen listen to me this morning, that followers of Jesus are doers. Look at at, at what Jesus said in Matthew 7, verse 21. He said, not everyone who calls to be Lord, Lord, will enter. Some of you really need to look at this. Because some of you think you're going to slide in under the gates of heaven, you know, with your tails on fire. And that ain't going to be the case. Not everyone who calls to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, Jesus said. Only those who actually do the will of my Father. It's about doing. He goes on in verse 23. He says this. For if you listen to the word and don't obey it, it's like glancing at yourself in a mirror. You you, you see yourself and, and, and then you walk away. And you forget what you look like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in that, Not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it. Look look at the last part of this. It's a promise. They will be blessed in whatever they do. That's a promise. Now, listen to me this morning. I want you to understand this. We all have mirrors in our houses. You have them in the bathroom. You have them in the closet, full length, you know, where you can see, you know, I mean, how do I look? You know what I'm saying? I mean, we have mirrors. Does this outfit make my fanny look big? I don't think so, no, and I'm good. So, I mean, we have, I mean, again, we have mirrors. We, women, you have those mirrors with all the lights on them because you want to look in that mirror and see. I mean, I have one in front of the sink, you know, and I can go to that mirror and I can just look, and I'm saying, boy, you look good today. <laughs> nice haircut. But that wrinkle right there is getting a little deep. (laughs) We're gonna have to call Doctor Young. A little Juvederm, I think, is what they call that stuff. Yeah. But see, that's what mirrors will help you see. They help us see the fine details. But you're like me and you probably have one of these kind of mirrors in your house. You know, you pretend like the front door is right here and you, and you, you walk in the front door and every day you walk in the front door and you, you glance at the mirror and you just keep on going. You never take the time to really look in the mirror. And that's what James is telling us. Don't treat the Word of God like this mirror right here. Where you just, you know, you just take a little bit and you just kind of, you glance at it every time, you know, you just glance and you keep on going. Because here's the thing, most of you will do, like me and I have done in my life, I'll get up, I'll read a couple of scriptures and think that's good enough. And I'll just go on my way. And that's, that's what some of you do. You get up, you get a new version, you read a few scriptures, then you're on your way, you're going ahead and doing life. And you think that's good enough. But James is saying to, this morning, to us this morning, that's not good enough. Look at James 1, verse 25. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in whatever they do. The truth is this. The longer I look into the mirror, the deeper I see. The longer I look into the Word of God, the more I see. Because when you open up the Word of God, it becomes like this reflection. Showing you the things that you need to see. And let me tell you this. You probably don't know this. But where James said intently, you know what that actually means? It means to bend over and to look into the Word of God. Because when you bend over and look into the Word of God, the Word of God gets in you. And it changes you from the inside out. Because, this, listen, this, world will, this word will never condemn you. It will convict you. It will correct you. You get in the word and truly get in the word, that's going to happen. It's going to change you from the inside out. But let me tell you, it will never happen if you just look at it in a passing glance. Like you look at the mirror when you go home this afternoon and you walk in the front door. I want you to hear what I'm saying. It takes time to look intently. But look at that passage. What what did it say? They don't forget what they have heard. They don't forget what they have heard. They don't forget what they've read. Can I just tell you this? I've, I've forgotten a lot of things that I've heard. You have too. Statistics say that people only remember 25% of what they hear. But they remember 80% of what they write down. And that's why historically over the last 16 years, you have heard me from this stage to encourage you, bring a pen, bring a paper, bring a journal, and write things down. When you're in the Word of God, take time to write things down. You know, one of the best note takers that I will ever remember was Abby Armstead, Abby, Abby Burns. She was here as a student. She was here as an adult, young adult. She was here. Her husband was actually on staff for a very short time during the COVID uh, pandemic. But when she was in high school, one day after church, she left her journal on a seat, and I picked it up. And I promise you, I think she wrote down every word that I said. And she did it every week. Notes, 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 notes. So when you're reading the Word of God, here's what I'm going to tell you to do. Keep a journal with you. Write down what you feel like God is saying to you. Now because of that, I want to give you a couple of practical steps that I think are good. Speaking of writing down, these would be good to write down right now because these are things that are not going to be on the screen. Here's one of the things I would say that if you're getting into the Word of God, here's one of the things I would encourage you to do. Read it out loud. Read the Bible out loud. Because here's the thing. You may not think about this. Think about this. Sometimes when we say something out loud, our ears receive it differently than just seeing it on paper. I speak it. I read it out loud. Here's the second thing. When you're in the Scripture, when you're in the Word of God, write it down. Write write it out. Write out what you're reading. Take the time to write out your Scriptures in your journal. So not only am I reading it, not only am I saying it out loud, but I'm taking the time to write it, and I'm looking at what I've written down, and because of what I've written down, sometimes the words that I have written jump off the page at me, and I see them differently. Or maybe it's something that I would have missed when I was reading. Here's the next thing. Live it out. Live out the Word of God. Look look at the Word of God that's being spoken to you. You're reading. You're writing. You're saying out loud. And ask yourself, is there something there that I need to do? Is there instruction there for me? And here's the last thing I would say. Memorize Scripture try to memorize Scripture. Now notice that I said try because I know a lot of you think, you know what, I can't memorize Scripture, Randy. I'm going to tell you this. You can probably memorize more than you think you can. And the bottom line is this. Listen to what I'm about to say because this is gold right here. Even if you can't memorize all of it, you've given the Holy Spirit something to work with. So try to memorize Scripture because it's worth it what was the promise I told you a while ago if you do this everything in your life will be blessed you'll be blessed in everything that you do so here's what I'm going to ask you to do over the next couple of weeks don't, 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 don't do this today I want you to read the book of James it's not long, five chapters you could do it all today but don't do that Over the next couple of weeks, just kind of read the five chapters in the book of James because it's going to help you when you come in over the next four or five weeks as we dive into what James is saying and about becoming followers of Jesus. It's just going to help you if you have already read it. Here's the next thing. I just want to ask you a question. Where have you been ignoring that little bell from heaven? Because you know God's been trying to say something to you. You know that God's been speaking to you. Don't move this way. Don't do this. Don't do that. You know what God is saying. And you've been ignoring what God is telling you to do. You've been ignoring that little bell. Can I just challenge you and tell you, God knows things that you don't know. God sees things that you don't see. And and listen to me, Crossroads, listen. If you will just follow Him, if you'll just trust Him, He will help you scale any mountain that's in front of you and not just scale that mountain he'll he'll help you get to the top but you have to trust him and you have to follow him knowing that he's the one that knows what's best so this morning I just want to close with a time of silent prayer would you just bow your heads and close your eyes all across this room even if you're watching or listening online because I'm going to pray two prayers in just a minute The first prayer is that all of us would do the Word, that we will respond and that we will do what God is saying. The second prayer is for the rest of us. You know, the the prayer is for those people who have finally come to realize that, you know, they're not going to get out of life what they really want to get out of life unless they make the center of their life Jesus. because you've already tried it. You've already been there and got the t-shirt and you know it's just not working. And then there are others of us this morning who just know, you know what? I've had a relationship with Jesus, but my relationship right now is not where I want it to be. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, let me just pray these two prayers. God, for those of us who have listened and not done, my prayer this morning is that the word spoken over our lives today will take root and that we will become doers not just hearers of the word that we will take it seriously in our faith in our following of Jesus as our Lord and Savior and God for those other people who are here this morning who have looked at their lives and Realize that they're not getting out of life what they want. My prayer this morning is that they help that you help them by your spirit to understand that Jesus is the only way. It's not Muhammad, it's not Buddha, it's not Oprah, it's not Dr. Phil. It's Jesus alone. Crucified, buried, risen again, and setting at the right hand of God, interceding for us today. And all you have to do right now is just accept him as your Lord and Savior. You don't have to have the answers to every question that you have. Just receive him. Say, Jesus, right now, my life is not what I want, but I want what you have for me. So I receive the payment that you made on the cross on my behalf. And I turn from the life and the way that I've been living life to follow you. Trusting you in every avenue, in every way that you will do what you said you would do in my life and for me, and that I will spend eternity with my family, my friends, and most importantly with you, Jesus. Here's my hope, my prayer. Every head bowed, every eye closed. I look forward to the next couple of weeks, three weeks, four weeks, whatever it is, I don't even know. As you and I scale some mountains together. Because I believe these next three or four weeks are going to change your life. And not just that, I believe it's going to change the life and the DNA and the direction of this church. God, we ask you to do what only you can do. We lift this up to you as we ask this prayer in Jesus' name.
1: i